The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge. Uh, they have 136 draft beers, and you needed them all, Andrew, Saturday night, because LSU got housed by Mississippi State from start to finish. Don't let the score uh, fool you. That game was a destruction. But they have a great a great menu. game. Yeah, they, had a, they have a great menu. They have beer. They have a wide selection of whiskeys and hard liquors if you need to go that route which you probably did in the third quarter uh so <laughs> my wife said it didn't work so the pelican house 2572 city place court baton rouge louisiana they support us so you should support them uh all right the saints uh got off the schneid thank god and um managed to not go 0 three uh what is the schneid the schneid is like the Schneid would be like whatever Jacksonville is. That's the Schneid. Um, look, they, they showed us at the beginning of the game, Andrew, what we hoped they would be. They jumped out to the 13 nothing lead. Then they kind of showed us what we feared they might be when Minnesota took control of the game. And then they showed us kind of what they are. They're going to struggle a little bit, but they finished off. What was your impression of the 29 win? Did it uh, – allay any of your fears after 0-2? Uh, I mean, I think just getting a win is critical, you know, and, uh, I mean, we said this before, you know, it's find a way, you know, just find a way to get on the board and get that first W. So from that standpoint, I, I think you, you at least feel like, okay, now they, they can breathe, breathe that sigh of relief and, and get focusing on what they do best and really, um, you know, feel like that monkey's off their back. So, from that standpoint, it's a relief. I think it was a weird game, man. I mean, like you said, they jump out to that quick 13 nothing lead, and it was almost like the missed extra point was this omen of, of oh, God, we can't close games. Or, Did he miss you know, it or was it then, blocked? It was, was blocked. It was blocked. But but it was a low – but the laces were in, so, you know, you could blame the holder for that. And then the trajectory was really low. Um, so that's why it was blocked. But, but from that point on, you know, it just felt like – there was this whole confidence issue again that started to creep in. And, and for me, it was less about Minnesota controlling the game and more just about the Saints being low on confidence. I mean, the, the defense actually got stopped and gave the offense numerous opportunities 
to put that game away. And you really felt like the minute they scored that third touchdown, it was going to be over. It didn't, it didn't matter if it happened in the first quarter, the second quarter. And it just amazes me that it took that long for them to kill the game. Um, but uh, So I guess that's the biggest concern for me. But I think we talk about the defense and how poor they've been. Um, you know, and, and granted, the Minnesota without Adrian Peterson, and especially after Matt Castle went down, I mean, they they were a joke. Offensively, they couldn't do anything. They really had no weapons. So the degree of difficulty was very, very low. Um, but uh, nonetheless, they held them to nine points. They didn't get in the end zone. So I, I think you got to feel like at least the Saints' defense is good enough to stop an inept offense. The worst the passing NFL. game in the NFL. The, in, the Saints right. can so, shut down I mean, the worst if, passing if, game if in the NFL. If they were to put, if they were to pour like 30 points on us, then yeah, obviously the season's over. But at least we were able to stop them. Dave. Um, yes. Andrew mentioned that the defense was good. The offense. Uh, the running game was good early, and we had the myth- mythical balance that people love. Some people, 35 passes, 32 runs. Um, but this offense, the last couple of weeks especially, it seems like it it's really has to grind hard for points. Where are the big explosive plays, and are they going to start to come? Well, I don't know where the big explosive plays are. You know, I don't have that answer. I'm not sure anybody has that answer. I'll tell you who doesn't have that answer. It's the Saints. <laughs> um, that's the problem, you know. And, and and because I don't have that answer, that means I, I can't answer the second part of your question, is which is when are these big explosive plays going to come? You know, I, I feel like they have to come at some point. You know, we 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 got into it last night uh, in the game recap, and me and a couple other guys were talking, and you know, uh, some people. You know, it's funny because. I always feel like there's always a handful of people that are quick to blame the, the, the unit, whether it's offense or defense, that I feel is not responsible for losing the game. So in other words, the first two games, I felt it was all on the, on the defense. And yet there's a handful of people who, are, who would rather blame the offense. And then after yesterday's game, you know, I felt like the defense upheld their end of the job and, and did and did well and the offense was a little lackluster and yet there are some people that are you know trying to blame the defense you know you're always going to find these people uh to disagree with but there's seriously people out there that are blaming the defense for that lackluster game well i mean there's i mean there are some people who uh, yeah you know i think they were just upset that that the that the vikings were were had a shot and were getting back into the game and all that kind of stuff. They, they were upset that the Vikings didn't put the ball in the end zone the entire game, the four quarter. I hear yeah, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I, I agree with Who you. Who are these people, them. Dave? Who are these people? Who are they? <laughs> they I wanted games. a statement game. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's it. I mean, I think people really wanted the statement game out of playing in the dome against the Vikings and, and they felt you know, like they were going to get it. Yeah. 13, nothing. Um, but anyway, to, but to answer your original question, um, I don't know when it's going to come, but I'm sure at some point during this season there will be a game where the points will flow like wine and, uh, you know, and they'll put a 42 burger on somebody. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I was okay with the offense's performance yesterday. Uh, could it have been better? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely concerned that 
that now that Mark Ingram is out, the rushing game is going to suffer and is going to start dropping. And um, I feel like we saw a little bit of that yesterday. And uh, and it's just, you know, the only thing that's frustrating is just that they the offense seems to go for extended periods of time during a game uh, without being able to do anything. You know, we saw that Sunday. They they start off the opening two drives, score two touchdowns, and then they do nothing for two quarters, two and a half quarters. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Um, it's, so it's, it's uh, you know, and I, I don't know why that's happening. I'm, 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 I really am not quite sure. I can't put my finger on it. I mean... You know, Drew Brees was getting protection. I, I think his protection has been pretty good so far this season. They've done a good job with that. In fact, I, you know, it's been better than I. Well, I thought anticipated. I thought Minnesota. Give them credit. They they could have crumbled. Mike Zimmer's a really good defensive coach. I thought they I thought they just took control of the game in the second and third quarter, especially especially on the defensive line. Uh, and this is where Kevin Kevin two two part question for you for you first first part of the question, Captain Marlin, when he suplexed. Drew Brees, is that a proper – was it a proper form suplex? Because you're our wrestling expert. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Kevin was creaming in his pants when he saw that. It was like the best of both worlds for that's Kevin. That's a world, – uh, Worlds colliding. That's – it's 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 more of something called a Saito suplex. I, I knew he was not going to call it a suplex. I, I knew he was going to – I mean it's a suplex, but it's called a Saito suplex. What's the difference? That sounds like – What's, what's the proper genome and Like I got Saito. Uh – a suplex is kind of like the general. A suplex is your general. Uh, the guy on offense is falling onto his back while throwing a guy or or lifting and launching a guy. So it was a suplex, but there are different types of suplexes. There's your standard suplex where you sort of grab the guy by the head, pick him up in the air, and his legs are sticking up toward the lights, and then the both you fall over and land on your backs. So there's the German suplex. Which is you come up behind the guy, him up and fling him behind you, and he lands on his shoulders and head and neck and all that kind of shit. And then drink a pint of beer, How's that right? Like? And then there's, <laughs> and then there's what uh, Captain Munnerlin did, which is sort of grab Drew Brees by the side or toward your side, 
pick him up and sort of fling him over one side and sort of turn a little bit so that way you're getting a little bit of extra torque as you're coming down and get a little bit of extra force on the uh, on the drive down. So could, right. could you do that to Drew Brees since you're a wrestler? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Minnesota fans, at the, I know you're in St. Louis, but at the game, there were two kinds of Minnesota fans. There was a Minnesota fan that was kind of in your face and like, Adrian Peterson was just disciplining his kids. America's going to shit. And then the other like, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> disgusting, and they just kind of hung their head. But you were in St. Louis and dealt with some Viking fans. How were the Viking fans at the sports bar where you were at in St. Louis? All right, so I'm gonna tap into uh, I'm gonna have to tap into a little Sean Orleans here for this one because frankly, it 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 got pretty annoying, <laughs> uh, and 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 by pretty annoying, I could have been arrested. Annoying. Um, so let's see. So the first quarter, actually before the game starts, you know what? Fuck going through the order. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill Bill this thing. We're going to Tarantino this one, and I'm going to jump in and around because you know what? That's what the situation calls for. All right? So I'm going to talk to the fat, out of shape, oversized, triple XL, Adrian Peterson jersey-wearing douchebag who thought it was fucking cute. Who thought it was fucking cute when the game was being bled out of you? When the game was being bled out of the Vikings' belly? When the Saints just kept fucking knifing them in the gut and this game was being bled away from you? Who thought it would be fucking cute to lob a spitball at me? Like he's fucking 10. Did you feel like you were in the fifth grade again, Kevin? I, let me tell you. I felt something. I, I I felt like a vague something hit the side of my head, and I'm like, "What the hell was that? Was that like a a fly or whatever?" Because you know there are occasionally flies in a restaurant where food's being served at a bar or whatever. That occasionally happens. Well, as I looked down at Andrew, my table, you in St. Louis to check fucking Twitter. I saw you know I hey, look. I remember what a fucking spitball looked like, and I knew for a fact that it came from that that fat fuck's direction. The where I wasn't in, in the restaurant. There ain't nobody else there that could have that could have shot it from like that. I did a little Zapruda film in my own fucking head. It came from that direction. Back I, and I looked left. at him. Back. I came and I looked at him for fucking ten seconds. Guess what? He didn't fucking look at me. He didn't fucking look at me. Now, that's all I did. I looked at his way for ten fucking seconds. Was his wife? I didn't feel. I didn't feel like getting in. I didn't feel like fucking getting into it. Okay, because you know what? Really, all you got to do is point at the fucking television. Guess what? My team beat your team. End of fucking discussion. Because otherwise, is, why I didn't is fucking. That is him. Yes, I didn't fucking feel like taking taking my pint glass, smashing it, and going after him. Because guess what? Guess what? I fucking won when I woke up on Sunday. All right, I fucking woke up. All right, you, my friend. Fucking lost the minute you woke up and you and you went to bed losing. Why? Because let's see. You're fat. You're sloppy. You and your what? I don't know if that was your wife, your girlfriend. Your wife, your girlfriend looks ten years older than look like your mom. Honestly, right, well, he's wearing sweatpants. She don't know jack shit. Don't interrupt me. I'm on a fucking roll here. 
I'm on a fucking roll here. And you want to lob fucking spitballs like you're a fucking child, then then you're quiet the whole fucking game. Why? Because your team's horse shit and can't do anything because the one fucking player you do have is a child beater. And you're wearing his fucking jersey out anyway because you're a shithead. Then fucking Captain Munnerlyn does an illegal move. It's illegal. It's illegal. Then Drew Brees, sh- Drew Brees shoves him back and gets rightly pissed. And finally, it's the baby talk. Oh, Drew, you're not so tough. You're not so tough. Guess what? You'd fucking shove your wife or girlfriend or whatever the fuck that was and your own mother in front of a speeding fucking car in your own neighborhood to get a quarterback even in the zip code. The same fucking zip code of talent as Drew Brees, okay? So don't give me that horse shit. You fucking wish you had half the offensive talent as the fucking Saints do, okay, pal? And despite the fact that the goddamn offense still wasn't fucking creeping out, your fucking offense couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. You could muster three field goals. Three. That was it. Nine fucking points. Guess what? That was nine fucking points. Guess what? My fucking dog and I combined for nine fewer points than the Vikings offense did on Sunday. And we don't play fucking football, pal. All right? So you want to lob a fucking spitball. You want to go with the baby talk. You want to bitch and complain and then bring up Favre again. You brought up Favre in the 9 championship game. Oh, oh, oh. Cry me a fucking river, pal. All right. Cry me a fucking river, okay? Guess what? The only reason those goddamn quarterback rules that protected Drew Brees were even invented was because your old gray-haired, dong-showing old-guy quarterback wasn't protected enough all right, all right, by the all fucking right. league. It, so it, guess what? Kevin, guess what, dude? Kevin fuck you. Fuck bar. you. Fuck the be. Vikings. Fuck your girlfriend, your wife, whatever. Fuck Adrian Peterson. Fuck Teddy Bridgewater. Fuck them all, okay, pal? Because if you had, if you were even oh. half, half of a fucking man, you wouldn't even have shown your fucking face at the goddamn bar. And if you're even half a fucking man, you won't even be at the bar next week. Wrong. I think Kevin's pissed. Kevin is pissed. I feel like Kevin will end it on this. How close were you to getting arrested? You know what? Honestly, by the time I – no, no, no. By the time I fucking realized that a spitball was involved, the Saints were bleeding the fucking clock out, and I was just like, dude, if if he fucking looked up at me, all I was going to say is, what are you, 10? (laughs) What are you, 10? And and, and I know he'd have played fucking stupid. I know he'd have played stupid. No guy wants to get into a fucking fight in front of his lady because guess what? I'd have fucking taken him down. There I fucking said it. There, I fucking said it. You don't want to get fucking taken down. I don't care how fat and obnoxious you look. You don't want to get taken down by me. You just don't. I know. You're, you just don't. I, that carries no fucking uh, currency. Okay? <laughs> and he just said, uh, I'm, I'm just now, 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 Andrew. You're the Captain yeah, Munnerlin of St. Louis. <laughs> Captain Fu- Captain Fu- Yeah, nice suplex, Munnerlin. Enjoy that 15 yards. Guess what? Drew Brees will gladly pay whatever fucking fine the league wants to lob against him. Thanks for the W, Captain. Thanks for the W. Ralph, Ralph, I think for the first time ever, you might have to edit this podcast.
No, <laughs> I won't. I'll just let it go. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy Kevin's rant. The problem is Kevin hits a crescendo, and it's just like I'm a mediocre host, so I can't I can't I can't pull him in. I need like a I need like a like a taser. No, you need well, you know what you need. It's like around the horn. You need the mute button. Ah, no, yeah. But see, the thing is, he wouldn't know. He would. He, that actually be pretty funny. We could we could have muted him, and just he thinks he keeps going, and we could have gone on with like football questions, and then just unmute him, and he just keeps on going. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. That but would. I, I am kind of worried about. Kevin. I think the the odds of Kevin going to jail before the end of the year are up at like. 60%. Well, I need this question answered, Kevin. Yeah. Are the Vikings now above the Steelers in terms of pure hatred for you? Good question. You know what? I'm going to say yes. Yes. Wow. wow. So, wow. so that shit head. It's, it's literally I, – I mean it's funny that all it sometimes takes is just one shithead. <laughs> all it takes well, is I have, I have to say Minnesota fans going into the game – were some of the ugliest, fattest fans that I've ever seen come to a Saints game. That's all. Congratulations, Minnesota. You make Wisconsin seem like a viable fucking object. Congrats. Uh, as far as the game, Andrew, uh, your buddy, Jonathan Goodwin, he got injured, so the Saints will have to make adjustments on the line. Um. The one thing is, like, football-wise that I noticed that you can tell me is this the, uh, who's wrapping a present. That is not me. I'm paying bills. God damn it. Jesus, Dave. We are a professional podcast. Andrew, it seemed to me that the Minnesota in the second and third quarter. Dave, stop it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can't take it. It's like a it's like a fork on a chalkboard. Dude. It's just making me want to do it more. So Andrew, <laughs> seems to me Minnesota was playing a defense where they said to the Saints, you know what? We're kicking your ass on the defensive line. We're gonna blitz and we're gonna dare you to make a big play against us. We're gonna play single high safety or I counted three times in the fourth quarter where they went no high. They went zero, and the Saints couldn't do it. Uh, I know Dave said uh, where are the big plays. We don't know if they're going to come. But if if teams keep doing this and the Saints can't make big plays, what is the solution, especially on the road? You know, I'm glad you asked because, yeah, first of all, I've never really seen a team go all out blitzing like the Vikings did against the Saints. At home. I've seen and, it on the road. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, it, it was crazy. I mean, literally they were sending the house. I mean, on that final drive where the Saints scored the touchdown – uh, Breeze actually started hitting some, but it was unbelievable that literally play after play after play, they were just sending the house, and they were getting pressure. I mean, it was working, so um, obviously they they felt like that was something they could do against the Saints with some success, but, you know, I, I think it, it's surprising to me. I mean, if you look at kind of the, the deep ball and, and how successful the Saints have been with Breeze at kind of hitting on some of those big plays, you know, obviously Sproles had something to do with that. You know, he 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 had a big hand in some of those explosive plays, but him he was a lot of stuff underneath where he would then run. Every once in a while, they'd get him on the outside with a linebacker down the sideline, um, and uh, he he could make a play there. But um, you know, I look at Devery Henderson and Meacham. You know, in the heyday, obviously they were getting deep on guys all the time, and then hey. you know, Joe, Joe Morgan in 2012 had a 
had the ability to get behind the defense, and that was a big threat. But right now, I just don't really feel like they have a guy. Like, I don't know if just Cooks or Kenny Stills. I don't know if they're just incapable of getting behind the defense or if Breeze just doesn't have that much confidence in them to, to throw the deep ball. I mean, we know Meacham is, just doesn't have the legs he used to. Um, so I don't know well, what the solution what's, what's is. What's Morgan's honestly. excuse? Because you mentioned Morgan in 2012, and he's on the team well, currently. And he, he's a different player. I mean, he looked. I don't know about that. In preseason, he looked like him same old. But the thing is, like Morgan's on the team is like one time. Morgan is like Morgan is like a a uh, a, a wine bottle opener. It only is good for one thing. <laughs> so like, if you need if you need somebody to go deep, and you're not playing Joe Morgan, then like. He doesn't play special teams, so, like, why the hell is he on the team then? Well, first of all, a wine bottle opener is good for, for more what? than one thing. You don't watch enough porn, Ralph. Oh, I must not. Jesus. I'm, out I'm, of actually, I'm actually kind of at a loss on that one. I, I am, too. <laughs> I'm like, I like the fact that Dave took the podcast completely off the rails while he's paying a water bill. Uh, water, electricity, uh, a couple of vendors. Yellow pages. It's exciting shit here, guys. Kevin, Josh Bird, is he still on the team? I didn't see him do a damn thing yesterday. Who? Who again? Harris Bird. Jarris. 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 Jarris Bird, whatever. At least he he didn't say Jarius. No. (laughs) So... Um. Didn't he? I, didn't he have like some? Jesus! It seemed like he he had something s- significant in the fourth quarter. Like, didn't <laughs> I? Don't know. I remember it was just so seeing, significant you couldn't remember it. Yeah, <laughs> this is well, a great maybe, breakdown. Like my Twitter timeline suddenly, with more people mentioning his name, like hot takes, people. Hot. Yeah, like, but like hot takes suddenly saying, "Man, this guy's." This guy's useless, blah, 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 blah. Man, why have you released Malcolm Jenkins? Like, that is annoying that Malcolm Jenkins has two interceptions in three games. That Roman is- Harper. Roman Harper has one. That is annoying. <laughs> and if your defense of, of Bird is, well, at least he's not Jenkins and Harper, they could have got that for less than nine million a year. Andrew, how concerned should we be? Uh, I mean, again, I've said this before. I think he's coming off back surgery, so I think he deserves a little bit of a pass um, as he kind of acclimates. I, I think the one, the times I've been impressed are him closing on guys towards the sideline where he has the sideline to play off of, and he's just destroyed a couple guys. I can think of the Browns game where Manziel threw that pass and he annihilated that guy. And there was another good tackle he had in this game on the sideline. But when it's plays over the middle of the field, I feel like that's where he hasn't been as good. And, you know, when it's the running back in the middle of the field and he's like the one guy that comes up to try to make the tackle, I feel like he's not making those tackles. So um, he he hasn't played well, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a little concerning when you're like, we paid all this money. Where's this guy we were promised? Where are these turnovers we were promised? I mean, now we're staring at three games into the season. And the Saints have one takeaway. They have four, uh, they have four takeaways. I think Christian Garrett tweeted it's four takeaways in the last 12 games. Dave, I feel like I watched the NFL Red Zone channel. I watched the the 30 minute replays on the Direct TV during the week. I see just teams fall ass backwards in the two turnovers a week. I am I it, I feel like the Saints 
We're not even getting our hands on balls. Like yeah, it's not I, even I, like we're dropping interceptions. But I, I, yeah, I feel like this is the worst turnover drought, Dave, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean it's it's frustrating for sure. Um, and like they're not even causing fumbles. It's, no, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I mean, you know, it's frustrating. And uh, you know, in in regard to to Jarrett Bird, you know, individually. You know, you're right. He wasn't. He didn't do anything amazing, spectacular. Didn't have any standout plays. But at the same side, you're talking about an entire defensive unit who didn't allow a touchdown, who held uh, the other team to, you know, whatever it was, 170, 175 passing yards, and you know, 50 something yards rushing. So yeah, you know, point you, you taken, Dave. You're right. I mean, it, you're right that it, at some point. You know, if it's good enough for the win, then it, then it's good enough. But I will the one the one counterpoint I would make to that, and I'll let you say what you think about this. The whole point of signing Jarrett Bird in the first place was that yes, our defense was really good last year with yards yielded and getting off the field on third down, and the defense was we're happy about a lot of what they did last year. But we're signing Jarrett Bird because we were god awful at getting turnovers, and that that was the one thing that he was. It, potentially supposed to fix yeah yeah i mean i you know i I have no argument to that yeah um i mean for god's sakes we were talking about kenny vaccaro rafael bush and jerry's bird being like a better safety combo than what they have in seattle i mean what a joke that was no no (laughs) definitely not uh they're just Kevin, taking it easy right now to start the season. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna Kevin, really light it up later. Kevin, uh, Marcus Colston suddenly—I know he scored a touchdown yesterday, but he looks old and <laughs> slower than normal. Is that just me overreacting, or is? No, no. I mean, he only had. He only had two catches on five targets. I mean, thank Christ, one of them was for the uh, was for the, the the touchdown that put it away. But that was a nice play, though. The touchdown yeah. was nice. Yeah. But that that was. He needed that. Yes, he did. But he's he's definitely looked a few steps slower, and it's. I mean, he's never fast, but he look he just. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. Like he's op like there's a he's a couple of settings off off his usual mode or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it is, it is kind of depressing, <laughs> but I don't know what are you going to say. Time's undefeated. And, uh, there's only, no, I mean, I just, I, the thing only, is only so the, much time you can spend in that hyperbaric chamber. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you think, do you think he's going to move? He's going to, he's going to go down a couple notches on the chain where if you have Jimmy Graham, you know, you thought at, at receiving you might you would have Jimmy Graham and then Colston and then maybe Stills and then maybe Cooks. So is is Colston going to bump da- by the by November? Is Colston going to be clearly down a couple of rungs where it's going to be Graham, Cooks, Stills, and then Colston? I mean, is he going to is he going to bump down to like the third or fourth guy? Well, I, you could make the argument he's already at number three. I mean, well, I actually, I would say he's already at number three because Cook seems to always have more targets than him now. Graham seems to have more targets than him now. Graham and Cooks, I think, even have more catches, more total yards than he does. Uh, 
shit, uh, I, I, I kept calling him, I kept calling him Jonah Hill during the damn game, but, uh, Josh Hill. You can, you can thank Ralph for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It had about the same, uh, same contribution, Mm -hmm. two catches. I mean, it had more yardage, but two catches and a touchdown. So the, it's, I would definitely say he's, he's number three on the depth chart for, for, uh, receivers. And I could almost understand an argument for fourth. Quick. And hell, maybe, maybe by the midseason he is the legitimate fourth. Quick. I, what? That's All right, let's let's quit throwing Colts. This is ridiculous. Come on, guys. He's had a bad couple games. He makes a huge play at the end, which he needed for his confidence. I think it's purely confidence. I, I think the style that he plays, he's going to age gracefully. He doesn't need to be fast. It's all about body control, size, wingspan, using his body to make catches and get open. Andrew, do you think blocking. he has- do you think he's going to have the second most receiving yards behind Graham for the year? Uh, I don't because I think Cooks is only going to get better and better as he understands the offense. I, I think right now with Cooks, the major issue is is he's not good on the bubble screens and the punt returns. Like he he just needs he's to not learn. A, he's not a punt returner. Period. No, he just, well he he also needs to learn what Sproles was so good at is just finding a hole and just hitting it, you know, and, and making decisive cuts. Um, where here, you know, here he's kind of hesitating. I mean, we obviously reminds us a lot of Reggie Bush as a rookie kind of doing that too. But once a he lot. learns that, yeah, once he learns that, I think Cooks will become oh, I don't, a, a really dynamic player. He's, but, he's just got that tendency. It seems like he just every every punt return, he wants to just take it all the way. I think and, he's and make a big play. Way, yeah, exactly. I, I think he's way worse than Reggie Bush at punt returns, and I think he see to me he seems very tentative. When the ball's in the air as a punt returner. Well, I mean, uh, Brian Pavick, who writes for Saints Nation, uh, went to Oregon State, and you know he he said that he was garbage returning punts at Oregon State. So he, I, I don't think he's ever been good at it, even in college. So, uh, Dave, defensively, Junior Gallette had a sack, and Cam Jordan had a sack. Um, how are you feeling about this pass rush? Uh, a little bit better. Um, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. they would have had a lot more if it wasn't for Bridgewater being pretty pretty slippery, though. Yeah, they definitely they definitely had a few other opportunities to grab him. There, there was that one play at, late in the game where like three of them, you know, I think Cam Jordan slipped and and missed and lost contain, and then there was somebody else behind him. Uh, there was definitely one play where like three guys couldn't couldn't get him. Um, I'm I'm. You know, I'd like to see more from the pass rush. That's for certain. Um, but I think if Matt Castle had stayed in the game, they would have had four or five sacks. Oh, I think if Matt Castle stayed in the game, I, I think I think the win it would have been a, a more convincing win, win for sure. I mean, honestly, I think I I don't wish for anybody to get injured or anything like that. But I mean, as far as the Vikings are concerned, if I was a Vikings fan, I would probably be thinking that. Matt Castle getting injured was the best thing to happen to the team uh, in that Ouch. game, just because. Well, I mean, it's true. I think that uh, Matt Castle. I think terrible. I think Bridgewater. He he's not games. terrible, but I mean, I think Bridgewater yeah, yes. looked like the better quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, no, yeah, he definitely has better raw skills. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, final, final uh, thoughts quickly around the horn. Um. And I'll start with you, Kevin. The the running game, I think 
and this is Robinson doesn't look as quick and as decisive in the hole as Mark Ingram, and I think the running game is a Mark Ingram was a a much more significant blow than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought the Saints could just pick up and be pre- pretty much the same. I can't believe I'm saying this. They miss Mark Ingram even more than I thought they would. Uh, truth. Um, they definitely like the the number. You know, the numbers on some of this looks okay, and and. You also have to remember that in the second half, the, when they kept trying to run, the Vikings' defense got a lot, seemed to just pick up the pace or or, or was still operating uh, in a first-half first half level or something because they, they, they were swarming. Dave, around. are you loading a rifle? <laughs> I'm stamping my envelopes. Jesus. This Continue. is my rifle. This is my gun. <laughs> Seriously, someone check Dave's house for dead bodies. I don't, I... <laughs> the last year it was me with the dead hookers. This year it's Dave. <laughs> I think Dave's going all Dexter on us. I mean, we've heard the cellophane wrap already. <laughs> now we're hearing the staple gun. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like they were definitely losing a lot of yards in the second half. And so, the, I mean, that obviously affected the... Uh, negatively affected the number, but still the, the, the points accurate. I mean, Kyrie Robinson seemed to, it was a lot slower in the second half and, you know, you can't ask Pierre to do everything cause he fucking can't. I mean, he, his job is, he's, he's like a fucking multi, he, Pierre Thomas is like a Swiss army knife and you can't have him do just one thing. Andrew. So, yeah. Yeah. Long story short. Yes. Ingram is Ingram is sorely needed. And I can't even I can't believe I'm saying that. Andrew, were you were you, uh, were you surprised how much they missed Ingram? Or do you think they didn't miss him at all, really? Um. I, oh, but well, I mean, how could they not? I mean, if you look at the first two games and how he performed, um, if anything, Ingram didn't get the ball enough. Um, so. But I thought Kyrie did okay. You know, look, he was better in the first half than the second half, no question about it. But I thought, you know, the running game kind of got stymied a little bit there, and, and Minnesota was just better in the trenches in the second half and um, started to make some headway. You know, I think the main issue right now with the Saints, and, and obviously Ingram going down, that, that makes things more complicated, but I think they're still kind of searching for their identity post-Darren Sproles. Um, and I think they're not really sure if they want to be – you know, are we still this dynamic passing team that throws the Cooks and Graham and Colson all the time? Or are we kind of starting to commit to the run? And, I mean, through three games and even without Ingram in the mix, uh, they're running the football more than I've maybe ever seen them run it under Sean Payton. I mean, they're, I mean, it's really through three yeah. games, been, it's been a true commitment. But you wonder if they're going to keep this going. Uh, because at some point, you know Sean Payton's not going to be able to help himself we just talked about how there haven't been a lot of explosive plays. I'd be surprised if Sean Payton's okay with that. I mean, at some point, I think he's like, you know what? I just want to blow the lid off this thing and start chucking it downfield. Well, so, I think they're still searching for that identity. You know, I think losing Sproles, we should expect that for at least half a season. Yeah, I mean, um, 
it's interesting, and we'll get, we'll get to it as we get to the Dallas preview uh, in just a second. But I want we have some Twitter questions, so I want to get to them. Dave, I'll start with this. This is from Reichert. Um, did Drew really get pissed uh, post suplex? Or just see an opportunity to light a fire under the offense's ass. No, I, don't, I think that all happened way too quickly for him to 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 to, to think that to have that intention. Uh, my impression that I get after watching it is, you know, I think he was genuinely pissed. Um, I, I think that he didn't even know who it was who who suplexed him. Um, he just went after the the guy who wound up landing on top of him, which was Barton. And I think when he popped up and started going after Barton, I think the reason he looked kind of silly, because he did look silly, let's let's all admit that, he looked a little silly. Um, I think the reason he looked so silly and hesitant was because I, I think he was angry and he wanted to retaliate and get in the guy's face. And I think he quickly realized, well, maybe I better not. And he was kind of caught in between, like, <laughs> pushing and shoving the guy and not. And, and that's why I think he looked kind of silly. Um so if you, if you want my personal opinion, that that's kind of, that's what I think was going through his head at that moment. I think he was in a fit of rage. I think he was upset in the moment. And is that is that up, definitely one hundred percent a penalty? No, I don't. What what the suplex or the or him? Well, I, I just I, I honestly don't know. Like if you is there something in the rule book where like if you pick a guy up and body slam him, is that yes. is that is yes. there something it's, like that's a personal foul? It's a it's a, pe- it's a penalty. It's um. Use of force. It's a use of force. Basically, if Minnesota just would have let him fall, just fallen on him on the ground, it wouldn't have been a penalty. But when you're going to, if if I'm going to tackle you and you're going to the ground anyway, and I toss you into the ground, they they the referee said what it was. It's use of force. But it is a it is it's been a penalty for two years. So I know. I mean, I saw on Twitter a lot of people complain about the referees changing the game, but. As far as I, I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong. That's a penalty 100% of the time. That oh, a, yeah, they're gonna I mean, call it. Was it, a correct, it was a correct application of the it rule. It was the correct application yeah. of the the the. It was a perfect correct application of the rule. The San Francisco game last year was much more ambiguous and kind of not really a penalty. Mm-hmm. This one you can't, I, I think, you can't I argue. Think what, you, I think what Vikings fans are more upset about is the fact that Drew Brees wasn't called for a penalty for retaliating. Uh, and I mean, I just he, he barely. He barely touched Barton. Yeah, when, I think there's, a, dif- there's a difference between getting in someone's face and actually hitting them. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, yeah. he barely even touched them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it would have been warranted to, to yeah. for – I don't think a retaliating penalty would have been. You got, you got to have full hand extension to get get a flag, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right. Balky asked, Andrew, with Malcolm Jenkins getting two fourth-quarter interceptions the last two weeks, are the Saints just cursed to never get another interception ever? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, between that and Roman Harper has one. You know, we should start a tally. We should start a, a, a ongoing season thing. Roman Harper and Malcolm Jenkins versus the entire Saints defense. Yeah. And right now it's three to zero. You know, how, how much longer can they go with more picks than us? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I would limit it to just the Saints secondary. Just in the off chance, no, like let's do the whole team, man. I mean, all right. I mean, at this point, they've got none. You know, it's not like the defensive line or the linebackers are coming up with anything. But no, I mean, it, it's you know, it's one of those things where Malcolm Jenkins, I think he makes a couple plays, and obviously last week it was a huge one. But if you look at how some of the angles he took, I mean, I watched that whole game. Some of the angles he took, 
Um, you know, the, the Eagles gave up some big plays. And uh, Roman Harper, to me, just looked awful last night against the Steelers. Um, I mean, he, he just – anytime well, they broke a run at the second level, he, he, was, he was behind the running back and was gaining zero ground. Well, so. Carolina, they're a different team without a pass rush, and they don't like <laughs> Greg Hardy. And Greg Hardy is – one of the probably three best rushing defensive linemen in football, and they're not going to have him, and I don't think they're going to have him the rest of the year with what he did with yeah. domestic violence. Uh, Kevin, this is a question from Mitch. I saved this one especially for you. Will Jerry Jones hit the strip clubs with Sean Payton, and does Rob Ryan go with them for buffet and drinks? Uh, I think Sean Payton probably likes to keep his nose clean, and Jerry Jones – has a little bit of controversy involving that. So I'd like to, th- and personally, I kind of think that I like to think that, uh, that Rob Ryan and Sean Payton don't hang out. <laughs> I, I, and look, I yeah, they, say, they frequent different spots. I would have said that even before, uh, you know, them arguing like, like, uh, like a divorced, uh, like a couple of parents on an impending divorce. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think Sean Payton is probably hitting up a different set of strip clubs than 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 Rob Ryan. Like Rob Ryan is probably Rob Ryan probably doesn't even care about the ladies dancing on the fucking stage. He's probably literally there for the, the prom rib. Right. I mean, it's the literally it's, it's literally the Ron Swanson deal. <laughs> Give me all your. I mean, I really, I literally think that Sean Payton and Jerry Jones are having the primo A-list Vegas girls flown in while Rob Ryan is probably going to the seediest place he can find in New Orleans. This this is the last question, and I'm going to take this one, but you guys can jump in as well. Uh, This is from Riker, too. He says, I currently have a prescription for Vicodin. Which game should I save a couple of pills for? Ooh, time to check the schedule. That's a good. That's a good question. I was gonna say you don't. You want. You want to. You want to save it for a, a Sunday game because you don't want to drop those pills on a Sunday night like for Dallas this week. No, because if you, have, if you have work just, on just Monday, keep your stash away from Joe Vitt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I would say probably a good choice would be Atlanta in December because that's yeah. A, yeah. Or or San Francisco. Because that's a Sunday afternoon game too. You want to go that route? I would say I would say San Francisco would be my choice. Any guys? Any any uh any special game you, you want the Viking in pills for to celebrate or to drown your sorrows? Uh, well, I don't think Vikings ever a great celebratory, is it? I mean. No, but well, I, but you could certainly. Uh... You know, do the old oh, I'm gonna have one, a glass of wine, and then maybe play uh, <laughs> play a little uh, oh, what the hell's that? Uh, yeah, but that's not what you want when you're all jacked up from a big win. The skin flute? Were you going yeah. for skin yeah. flute? Yes. Well, I was I was gonna say something something with a Dutchman. <laughs> the, the skin flautist. Flautist. Um. Yeah, I would probably. I mean, if you can take Friday off and go into a three-day weekend, I would probably say the Panthers game on at at Carolina on Thursday night because that could. Be oh, tough. that's a good choice. That's really? a tough one. So, yeah, I, I guess I'll lean that one because I'm looking at these road games just like, man, they're you know, the the other obvious ones are at the Steelers and at the Bears, but you know, the Bears is on a Monday night and. 
Yeah, the Panthers. The for- Panthers are on their fourth string running back right now. I would love to be playing them right now. Yeah, the only team maybe you'd like to be playing more than well, if you if on the schedule, maybe Tampa. Tampa's a mess. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get to Dallas. Um, Dallas is two and one, Dave, but they gave up four hundred and fifty yards of offense to the Rams that are <laughs> to Austin Davis. To Austin Davis making his second start. So, um, Dave, before we get into predictions, I feel like this game is a huge measuring stick for this defense because they were atrocious against Atlanta. They were a little better against Cleveland. They were good yesterday. But I know people bag on Tony Romo and bag on the Cowboys, but I would say the Cowboys' offense is as good as Atlanta's offense. And it's a huge test Sunday night. Is that fair to say? No. Statement game? No. Not a statement game. Just if if they get torched again on the road defensively, then you can say they played two elite offenses and they've gotten torched both times. They're not making any progress. I can't believe you just compared the Cowboys to Atlanta. I think any, it's. Uh, you don't no. think? You don't think it's? No. Any team that's got Tony Romo calling the shots uh, is always one pass away from totally fucking blowing it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan is, I wouldn't say he's an elite quarterback, but he's, he's on a higher level than, than Romo. I, see, I disagree. I mean, I will, I mean, who knows with the back injury, you know, maybe he, he's not the same player, but statistically Romo is a better quarterback than Ryan historically. And I think the difference between the two is pretty negligible. Well, Kevin, what skill positions would you rather have? Would you rather have Julio Jones and Roddy White in the, in the Atlanta running backs, or would you have, rather have Des Bryant Terrence Williams and DeMarco Murray and Jason Witten, skill position wise. You know that's it's 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 closer. It's I mean when you when you put them all together, it's it's a lot closer. But I think I'd still rather take the Falcons. And and I really am probably going to go wash my hands about six or seven times. And <laughs> well, I think so. I think Julio and Dez are probably a wash. Roddy is a significant Julio improvement. Julio and Dez a wash. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, who, who, would you say Julio is slightly better? Slightly better? I think Julio is arguably the best receiver in the game behind Calvin Johnson. I would say Julio is the second best receiver in the game right now. Well, I would say A.J. Green, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just feel it swings Dallas's way because – I. I mean, Witten's been awful this year. Witten's awful. The second yeah, half. I know. My fantasy and football Ra- team knows. Roddy White, is, Roddy White is significantly better than their number two. DeMarco but Murray. But running back, yeah, running back DeMarco Murray. Is and the huge. line isn't even close. Like, Dallas's line, they got three number one picks on that line, right? Or is it four? Right, right. So their line is way better than Atlanta. And, and I guess that's the thing that concerns me the most, Andrew, is the Saints couldn't get pressure on the road against the Falcons line that's garbage. How are they going to do it against a Cowboys line that Smith might be the best left tackle in football? Well, I, I think Ryan maybe trusted his front four a little too much early in the season. You know, he kind of assumed, hey, we have two double-digit sack guys, so we can generate pressure whenever we want without blitzing. And uh, so I, I think he's going to have to get more exotic with sending guys, especially on the third and longs, you know. Um, because I think that that's where specifically he's rushing for a lot. 
and and it's hurt him. And I think you saw that in the Browns game towards the end. They finally started blitzing a little bit. You know, I I, I didn't see them blitz a ton against the Vikings. There's still a lot of four-man rushes, and a lot of times they were stalled at the line. I really thought it wasn't so much like Cam Jordan and, and Junior Gallette. It was more of the rotation, you know, other than maybe Tyrone Walker. I mean, the Glenn Fosters, the Etabalis, those guys, those are the guys that need to step up. When they come in on third down in rotation and they get to spell some of these pass rushers, they've got to do something. I mean, most of those guys have been pretty useless through three games. Uh, I'm going to say before we get to predictions, the, the guys at the Black and Gold Review, uh, they listen to this podcast and they usually do a drinking game bingo for Saints games. I'm going to implore them not to put uh, one of the bingo squares is when Al Michaels says New Orleans. Oh, God. Because people will be dead by the middle of the second quarter from drinking too much. Nobody has ever corrected him on that? No, he just keeps on doing it. Maybe he's Al Michaels. And he just Dave, 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 he's been doing it for years, man. He just doesn't give a fuck, probably, because he's Al Michaels, and why should he? <laughs> um, so I will start with you, Kevin. I know you – like me, we hate the Cowboys. I know you hate the Steelers yeah. more, but I hate the Cowboys, and they're they're a shit show. Well, um, apparently he hates the Vikings more. It may say it's Vikings more now. <laughs> he hates the fans. But Kevin, give me your thoughts on the game and a prediction. Yeah, wait, where the hell? Is, let me see. All right, fuck. So it's in Dallas. Uh, Saints are three point favorite, which surprised me. Saints are three. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I it, I think it is going to be that close. Uh, I think I think the offense will be much better than it was against the Vikings. I think the defense will be obviously worse than it was against the Vikings. So I'm going to say that this one ends up being like 34 to 30 uh, Saints. And uh, player, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh with Colston on this one. Ooh. I think I, I I think that I think he gets two touchdowns. Ooh, side of the bus for Colston. Andrew. I think this is a pick'em game and I think it's going to be a shootout. I think we're going to see it's going to be similar to Atlanta. I think we'll see a lot of points. Uh, I think the Saints, I think the Cowboys are defensively are just bad enough that uh, we'll see a much better and improved performance from the offense compared to the Vikings game. I think they'll put up in the 30s. I think Dallas will put up in the 30s. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to say 34 31. Um, hopefully the Saints find a way to close for the first time because, you know, the Vikings game, they sort of closed. But, um, you know, I'm talking about in the last two minutes of the game, making a play that wins it. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the saints sneak this out on the road, 34, 31 and MVP. I mean, this is cliche, but breeze hasn't thrown for 300 yards yet. And so I think this is the game where he's going to eclipse 400. Uh, the saints are going to kind of abandon the run midway through the third quarter and then just go pass every play. And I think breeze will break 400 yards. So I'm going with breeze. Dave. Well, you know, I, I just read, uh, PFT commenters Monday morning bowel movement week three, <laughs> uh, uh, on SB Nation, and uh, I have to agree with uh, his. He's really looking forward to the Saints Cowboys Sunday night football game uh, this week, 
And, and he says, and I quote, between Sean Payton and Rob Ryan, you've got coaches who are just too competent for Jerry Jones to trust running his franchise, both making their triumphant return to Dallas. You have to imagine that Rob is, Ryan is literally going to urinate on the midfield star during warmups, and then Drew Brees is going to throw for 700 yards and six touchdowns to five different receivers. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like where PFT commenter is going with that. So uh, I'm gonna my prediction is going to be along those lines. You know, you guys all both all think that it's going to be uh, a close game. Vegas thinks it's going to be a little close. I, I say the hell with that. I see you're going to see something along the lines of of 2006 when Sean Payton rolled into Dallas to show his his old buddy Bill Parcells just how far he's come. And they steamrolled the Cowboys. Um, so uh, I'm going to go with a score of um, it's a covered, you know, it, depending on how nice the, the weather is, it'll it'll be probably either covered or it'll be, you know, adequate conditions. Mm-hmm. Drew won't have to deal with anything. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with 42 to uh, uh, to to 17 Saints. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're gonna. We're, we're really gonna enjoy this game. It's Sunday night. Let's not forget. This is Sunday night football. You guys have all seemed to forgotten how well the Saints do in they do. prime time, and uh, and that, they also. What, and that's sh- what at Seattle said. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's. We're, we're just gonna ignore that. That's an outlier. That's what we call in the statistical world an outlier, an aberration, if you will. Um, <laughs> and besides, that's the Seahawks, and they're good, and Dallas sucks. Um, I've got the rule book and, uh, uh, whenever you guys are ready. Okay, and then for my 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 player of the game, um, Kasim Metabali, just say it. <laughs> nah, but I will. You know what? I I'll, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an offensive guy. Um, Austin Johnson. I, Jonah, no, Hill. Not, Jonah Hill. Jonah <laughs> Hill. No, not Jonah Hill. Uh, Is Austin Johnson you know gonna I'll, go all Carney on the Saints? Is he gonna go all Mike Carney? You know what? You know what? There you go. That, that's good thinking, Andy. I am going to go with Austin Johnson. Three touchdowns <laughs> for Austin Johnson. I'm, I'm going 45-17 Saints, and I'm going to tell you who's going to be. I like it, Ralph. He's like not going to be MVP, but he's going to be talked about is Perils Harrelson is going to score. Harris. He's going to score a touchdown. <laughs> okay. I like it. They ran him. They, they have him. They put him in offense this year. Man, I gotta say, Ralph, as doom and gloom as you are, I'm 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 impressed and shocked. You know, Dave, he's the eternal optimist. So, I, but I'm I'm just impressed that after these three games, that you guys are confident that the Saints are going to go into Dallas and beat this team 40 to I'm 17. I'm confident. Oh, there's I'm, nothing Sean Payton likes more than beating the shit I, out of the Cowboys. He loves beating the shit out of the Cowboys. And I am it. I am confident that Tony Romo is going to derp it up Sunday night. I'm just – I feel it. I feel it. And You guys are better fans than it, me. Yeah. Where do you feel it? I feel it in my bones, Kevin. I feel it in my loins. All like right. What's the rule? What's All right. The rule, All right. rule 12, section 2, article 9, subsection B. Love A it. rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing acts as stuffing a passer into the ground or unnecessarily wrestling – or driving him down after the passer has thrown the ball, That's even the if the rusher makes his initial contact with the passer within the one-stop limitation provided for above. Yeah. When tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down and land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. There you go. Clear yeah. as day. 
it, which is most, what that's like the clearest Captain rule in, did. in all of the CBA. Yeah, yeah the, the, most of the CBA is very ambiguous. That's the that's the most unambiguous part of the CBA. We didn't even get into Goodell, but I didn't want to. He's just no, he's, nah, fuck it. he's fuck. just he's just a douche. Why can't let's, let's not even go there? Yeah. No. Douche, All right, so go to Saints Nation. Douche, Andrew douche will have pickle. his defensive grades tomorrow, which will probably be the first time that he just isn't a giant f. Um, <laughs> Dave, somebody somebody got an A. So on defense, Dave will have. Canal Street Chronicle stuff. They'll have the open threads and kickoff <laughs> stuff and whatnot. Kevin will be uh, on Twitter. Yep. Dave, I'm playing your song, buddy. <laughs> Dexter. <laughs> so, for Kevin, for Andrew, for Dave, donate so we can have crystal clear sound of Dave burying hookers <laughs> in his backyard. So, for everybody, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, be safe. That's what I think of you, Vikings fans! <laughs> <laughs>